and welcome to My Lead Story, where we hear interesting stories from the incredible alumni community here at the University of Leeds. I'm Alex Regan, and the City of Leeds is currently fizzing with excitement after being shortlisted to host next year's Eurovision Song Contest. The results will be announced in the autumn, and one Leeds alum who was at the heart of this year's astonishing UK Eurovision entry was Joe Mason. He graduated from Leeds in 2014 with a degree in broadcast journalism, and since then, he's had a wide, varied career that's taken him to the European Broadcasting Union in Switzerland, work as a TV producer, and most recently the job as a freelance digital producer for BBC Eurovision. I spoke to him earlier and started by asking him how he felt about the UK hosting the biggest music competition on earth. It's super exciting. I mean, can't take away from an outstanding victory from the Ukraine. Kalash Orchestra were absolutely amazing. Um, But it does feel like a win for the United Kingdom in that after a decade or more of uh, really not great results um, at the Eurovision Song Contest, it really felt as though um, it was going to be a massive hurdle just to start getting things in the right direction. Um, And there have been a lots of changes in the BBC Eurovision team over the last few years and strategy and direction uh, because the United Kingdom has wanted to do well at Eurovision and how everything came together in Turin with uh, Sam Ryder, just the most perfect artist to uh, represent our country. And um, it's going to be an absolute honour for the UK to... um, to, as Sam put it, to host Eurovision at our house. It's Ukraine's party. Um, We're just providing the house for it. After such a disappointing year in 2021 when James Newman got uh, arguably an unnecessary uh, Neil Poir, what did it feel like being in Turin and just being part of that spectacle and Sam doing so, so well? It was a surreal experience on the ground in Turin. Sam obviously was an outstanding artist. We knew he had a great song and uh, we had a great staging concept. But in reality, when you're there, so many things still need to change. You know, there are so many technical requirements for Eurovision being the biggest live entertainment show in the world. And you're working together with colleagues from across the continent who um, are still under uh, differing COVID restrictions and you know we're all just getting back to, to working a little bit more like how we normally do this is um, as with Rotterdam you know in 2021 we're still getting up back running since the show was cancelled in 2020 because of COVID with Sam he does just have the best attitude everything that you see and hear from him is absolutely how he is when he's not on camera when he's not on mic Um, he's just an utter gent and works so so hard and I think that as we went through the rehearsal process more and more people from other countries from the other delegations um, you know you, you get to chat to a lot of people behind the scenes at Eurovision because all the other countries are rehearsing at the same time and it becomes a bit of a family feel and they were telling us Sam has a real shot have you considered that he might come not just top 10 not just top 5 he could be a contender to win this thing and so 
even though you try and ignore the hype and you just carry on doing the job that you're all doing as a team, there was just such a feel-good positive factor within Team Spaceman. And I think that that really kind of... Uh, was conveyed as well to the to the fans of Eurovision who follow it every step of the way um, because most people they watch Eurovision the grand final night is one night of the year on Saturday but Eurovision is <laughs> it's all year round it's such an amazing party it really does take over the city um, and the region of where it's held because of course you have the competition itself but there's also lots of side events and you have the Euro Village you have the Euro Club um, screens in which you can watch the live shows from but then also just celebrations about the history of the song contest and there's no event really that brings people together outside of a sporting context quite like it from all over the globe. Obviously, everyone at Leeds is rooting for the city to be the host of the Eurovision Song Contest. What do you think the host city needs to do, a cut and above the rest of those shortlisted cities? I think the trick to standing out to be a Eurovision host city is just embracing the spirit and the values of the contest. Ultimately, this year, we are hosting the party that is going to belong to Ukraine. We're going to be reflecting um, Ukrainian cultural heritage and values throughout the show. Um, that's already been announced by the BBC. Um, but to be honest, every song contest is completely unique in its own way. And it really reflects the, the history and the, the kind of vibe of the city. I think the host city for Eurovision 2023, as well as being able to host the best party in the world on behalf of Ukraine and celebrate Ukraine. Um, I think it's still got to be able to show its own vibe to really reflect its own history and what is it that makes that city unique and stand out and bring that value to the Eurovision party. I think there'll be so many people thinking, how did a Leeds graduate get to work on the one of the biggest shows on earth and also create such a storming success with Sam Ryder. Can you explain a little bit about your journey to working with the BBC on the Eurovision Song Contest? Absolutely. So I've always been massively fascinated by live events. Um, I always wanted to represent my country in sport, whether it be badminton or swimming, in which I represented uh, teams at county level. Uh, but I was never going to make it into Team GB. Um, back when I was a student at Leeds, I volunteered at the 2012 Olympics as a games maker and uh, Leeds for Life, they actually helped support me as a student because of course, when you're volunteering, you're doing it for free. And <laughs> as a student, we know you don't really necessarily have um, much spare money to be able to travel um, to an event like that. But I was just in awe by this multi, I was just in awe by this international event. Um, London 2012 was just mesmerizing. And uh, you really get caught up in the bubble and in the event feel. And something else I love is live music and pop music, but also as a TV producer and as a camera nerd and <laughs> everything to do with TV behind the scenes, the Eurovision Song Contest is the most innovative TV show 
show in the world it's live anything could go wrong um, but also it's been a growing platform for, for successful musicians especially with the launch of uh, TikTok in recent years um, the, the competition's just got bigger and bigger and so I was just I would sit there watching it at home and just getting frustrated by the UK's results and I just wanted to learn and understand why uh, we weren't necessarily doing so well at the song contest I know that a lot of people in the UK used to blame politics or it's because nobody in Europe likes us but I just knew that wasn't the case because as soon as you meet other people from other countries they, they just kind of were like oh Oh, why why does the UK not do so well so that's basically what I wanted to try and uh, work on the song contest for was to learn and uh, to ultimately help change our results I ended up moving to Switzerland for a year to go and work for the EBU to really go and learn how Eurovision works from the inside they're the kind of main organizers of the event um, and when I came back from Switzerland pre-COVID, um, I kept in touch with the, the team at the BBC and there came an opportunity for someone to join um, their social team to basically be the person to lead the, the social accounts and transfer what I did for the EBU um, onto a BBC Eurovision platform. So that was in 2021 when we had James Newman represent us. And then in 2022, uh, things really started to actually come to life with everything that we've been working for over the past 12 months, much longer than that, to really change the fate of Eurovision in the UK. Um, and everything that we did with Team Spaceman in Turin and everything that Sam represented, we couldn't have been prouder of his efforts. And it really was a true team effort. It's a small team who actually work on Eurovision from each country, um, because of course you have over 40 countries compete. So each team's fairly small in the delegation. Um, but all of us, every member of Sam's team, every member of the BBC and uh, the the stage producers, um, the directors, uh, Sam's management team, we were all on the same page, which was, we're just gonna give this everything. We're just gonna put on the best show and make sure that we deliver something that the UK can be proud of. And I think that by us doing that, everyone clearly saw that we care about Eurovision and now we're going to be in a position to um, work alongside the incredible winners from Ukraine and uh, to host the most amazing party next year. Absolutely. And it's actually really interesting, the fact that you were a digital producer producing probably the first TikTok star the UK has produced for Eurovision, because I'd argue that Sam Ryder was really a TikTok sensation before going to Eurovision. Totally, Sam. <laughs> Sam is just absolutely incredible when it comes to his uh, social media. Uh, he, uh, well, with anything that he does, he just puts all of his effort into it, and it's his attention to detail that you just can't when you're in his presence. I mean, 
crafting that three minute stage performance he would watch every single rehearsal back in the most minutiae of detail to really maximize those three minutes up on stage and that's also what he does with his content on tiktok and so it's no secret as to how his success he's a phenomenal talent with an incredible voice but he also does execute those minor details to a T which suit the platform on TikTok. And obviously we spoke a little bit about your time at Leeds. How did Leeds prepare you for this incredible varied career in both, you know, TV, digital production and now the Eurovision Song Contest? My time at Leeds was genuinely was a total game changer for everything that I ended up doing in my career and I'm only really at the start of this TV career in the the greater scheme of things Um, but Leeds just provided so many opportunities I was heavily involved in the student TV station and student radio um, which of course worked together with all of the societies at Leeds University Union Um, so that partnership between the uni and the uni union was something that I just could never have anticipated I would benefit from by going to to uni. Also, just being in such a fantastic city as Leeds, um, which is, you know, (laughs) busy. There was so much going on all the time. And so if you're involved in student radio, student TV, there was just so much that you could pick up a camera or pick up a microphone and go and start recording, just press record. Um, And that really set you up nicely for then getting into the industry because it gave you a real uh, get up and go attitude. And everyone from Leeds, they just tend to be really lovely people. And having that sort of open attitude towards others, um, I think takes you quite a long way in the media broadcasting industries. Uh, Because most of the time we're just dealing with other people. And uh, I think that Leeds just creates that atmosphere where um, people talk to one another, they have a good time, they work hard and they play hard. And that's the sort of lifestyle that I've now continued uh, since graduating from Leeds. And talking about working hard and playing hard, if Sam Ryder was to come to Leeds, where would you take him for his first drink? Oh, great question, Alex. Um, If Sam Ryder was coming to Leeds, the only place I could take him to start with is the old bar in Leeds Uni Union. It's the place where every night starts and it's where every night should also end. It's great. It's just homely. It's everything you need. And it's right in the centre of Leeds Uni campus. What more could you ever need? Oh, you're always a company man, Joe. I like to hear it. I like to hear it. I mean, talking about the union and, you know, I mean, Leeds is a massive music city and you mentioned a love for music. Were there any gigs that were really seminal for you during your time at Leeds? Oh, totally. Um, I used to work at Leeds Uni Union in the venues, in the gigs and venues. At the time, I didn't really go to many live shows, and not as a punter anyway, because I was always filming them for student TV. Um, But one gig that I worked at at Leeds University Union in Stylist Club, uh, it was known as at the time. I don't know if that room still exists. Um, But it was a little known band at the time called Bastille. Uh, turns out that their album went to number one the next week after 
performing in Leeds, uh, but just kind of working at that gig behind the bar, but still being able to take it in and go, wow, these guys are really good. I'm going to look them up after this and, you know, start to support them. And then, uh, I mean, who hasn't heard of Bastille now? They've kind of conquered the globe and they're still continuing to. Um, and that's what's ace about Leeds. There is that musical heritage, but it's really a place where up and coming performers uh, can, you know, hone their craft. And then as soon as they've played Leeds, they're there on the world stage. It's incredible. And obviously Dan Smith, a, a notable alum from the University of Leeds, will have to get him on the podcast very soon, I think. Um, Joe Mason, thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for having me, Alex. Real pleasure. You've been listening to My Lead Story, a podcast series brought to you by the University of Leeds Advancement Team. For more stories about our global Leeds alumni community, follow us on social media at Leeds Alumni. Or if you have a story, please email us. The address is alumni at leeds.ac.uk.